there. I'm Reed McCollum, and I hope you enjoyed my guitar licks there. I am quite proficient, even if I do say so myself. This is Essential Dynamics, and I am here with the lord of Essential Dynamics and that perspective on business and life, Mr. Derek Hudson. Derek, how are you? Reed, I'm doing great. It's good, it's good to see you. It's sunny outside. I'm uh, excited to talk about stuff today. Good, good. Because I, have a st- I still have a lot of questions from our last session when we were discussing leadership and example. Uh, we were talking particularly in business. I was, uh, I was interested, interested in, in some uh, exploration of those things, if we could continue that conversation. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. I've been actually doing some more reading and learning a lot. Um, I think we've all experienced different forms of leadership in our lives. And yeah. Um, I think the way leadership gets talked about and the way it gets delivered, sometimes they're quite different. Well, I have a little story I'd like to tell as we start off. And that was in the 80s and 90s, I was uh, part of a summer theater in Yellowstone Park or nearby. And I, uh, we attracted a lot of tourists, of course, and we also attracted people who had cabins in that area. And uh, one of the people who had a cabin, a family cabin that they came to every summer and came to our, our theater every year. And they were always uh, taking about, oh, 12 to 14 middle seats. And they came late, uh, was a family named the Cubbies. And uh, the family was terrific. But the, uh, the patriarch of that family was Stephen Covey, who had at that time come out with a book well, earlier he had just come out with a book called uh, Seven Habits of Essential Seven Habits of Extremely Well, I just remembered it the Seven Habits. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think. And uh, it had just come out in hardcover, and I was teasing him about it because we had that kind of relationship. And I said, uh, You've really limited yourself now because what if there's an eighth, eighth habit? And uh, apparently that gave him an idea for a sequel. But uh the Seven Habits was, of course, extremely uh, successful for him. He gave me a copy, signed it, uh, said I was uh, I, I was the best actor he knew in that room at that time, uh, since we were alone. And uh, he, we had a good time, and I enjoyed him. But I, I came to very much respect his uh, business ethic because obviously he was uh, renowned around the world for it. Uh, Tell me, Derek, do you know who I'm talking of? Well, well, Reed, we didn't plan this, but I have my copy of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People on my desk here, <laughs> anticipating the conversation we were going to have. And I also have it signed by Stephen Covey. Oh, do you? Does it say you're the best actor he knew in that room? No, it doesn't. In fact, he has no idea. Uh, he didn't <laughs> know who, who I was then. He came to Edmonton. And uh-huh. I, I got to tell you that uh, it was a fantastic presentation. Um, but I'm an accountant, and so I looked in this room. It was at a hotel in Edmonton. There were six 600 people, and uh, we each paid $400 for the day. Or there were 400 people, and we paid $600, one, one of the two. Anyway, that was a lot of money on the table for that one day, and I thought, boy, that's an interesting business to be in. But I, uh, I didn't ever pursue it. And here we're doing podcasts for free. Yeah, yeah. But we're but we're <laughs> quoting, quoting wise people like Stephen Covey. Now, uh, Seven Habits is right up there in one of my like top five business books, top five yeah. books that's had an impact on me. 
And um, if you if you think about what we talked about last week, and I had explored some of the definitions of leadership that I'd run across um, and compared them to this idea of the quest that we use in essential dynamics with people, path, and purpose, so many of the definitions of leadership were really just the leader is the one who picks the purpose and gets the people to march down the path. Why do you think he was so successful at that? How do, why do you think his seven habits have sustained uh, Mr. Covey has passed on, of course, but uh, his his book remains a bestseller, and this is this is some forty years after its publication. Well, you know, it it, it kind of turned the tide in business and self help books. It was revolutionary for its time, and he called it out in the book where he said um, his research had indicated that for about fifty years or so before he wrote the book in the eighties. Success literature had kind of turned to uh, what he called the personality ethic, which which was the idea that uh, successful leaders did stuff. They had techniques. Um, they, for example, like showed interest in people uh, so that they could get them to do what they wanted. Right, right. Um, and it was all about you know sort of what you did and what you what you're able to accomplish from that. And he contrasted that to the previous 150 years of success literature, where he termed it the character ethic, which was uh, leadership is all about becoming, you know, a person of high character and then bringing people with you. And that, that, mean, yeah, that, I, resonate, that resonated with a lot of people. And then he was able to describe, you know, sort of how you do that in the seven habits. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know for sure because I'm not an expert on this uh, genre, but I do. Uh, I do think that a lot of leadership, uh, a lot of leadership books or books about leadership were really bi- biographies of great leaders. I think of Churchill or, or um, uh, the Art of War. But <laughs> I'm, I, I really also in that time when he wrote Seven Habits when I'm trying to think of self-help books, I think of, uh, I'm okay. You're okay. That kind of, uh, but that was very personal. It's not about leadership. It's, uh, and it's well, also again, personality driven, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the other contrasting one, um, which was you know not a bad book by any means was Dale Carnegie. Oh yes, of course. Yes. How to, how to win friends and influence people. Right. I remember that. I read that as a kid. I read, I think I was 13. Yeah. Now I, I, um, mentioned last week a book that I found called Leadership and Self-Deception. Mm-hmm. And uh, the point of that book is that uh, when we're in the box, as they call it, we're treating people like objects. And oh. uh, so... Elaborate said, on that. How does he mean that? Well, what they, what they mean is you're trying to accomplish something uh, through people. I mean, that's, a, that's one definition of leadership, right? or maybe it's a definition of management, um, accomplishing things through other people. And so when you... By manipulation, that sounds... Well, sure. Way of it. <laughs> you know, it's not, that, it's not that hard to fall into that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For, for any of us, including... Oh, I, I know, I know. I theater directors do it all the time. <laughs> including even, even parents. Oh, good. Right? Like, I want an outcome, 
I have to deal with people, I'm going to figure out a way to get them to do what I want them to do because of what I want. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I just was flipping through looking for something, but in seven habits, I don't remember the story exactly, but Stephen Covey and his wife were really upset at the performance of one of their kids, academic or athletic. I can't remember which. And, uh, and they kind of caught themselves and they went, well, like, like why, why do we care about this? It's because we're going to look like good parents. If this if he, kid, if this person does well, yeah. if this kid does well, and we're going to look like bad parents if he doesn't. Well, that's, that's being in the box as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to be out of the box because out of the box, we go to our concept of people in essential dynamics, which talks about people as individuals, um, as, you know, um, sovereign, um, sort of self-regulating individual people with their own will and, you know, their own conscience and stuff like that. And then the needs of a group to get them to, to line up somehow. And leadership is far more convenient. Yeah, so it's much easier to see people as, yeah. Much more convenient if we, if we just get them yeah, to do I, stuff. That's right. It seems that's the, the Lenin sort of, or, or Stalin sort of way of uh, approaching people. Don't you think? Where if they all believe the same thing and they will follow me unilaterally, uh, this is more Stalin than Lenin, but nonetheless, it's, it seems manipulative and uh, ultimately destructive to look at people as robots or props. You know, and we, like we said before, units of production or things that reflect on us. Um, th those people, if they do a good job, I will look like a good leader. Um, so Covey's one of the, um, right. one of the things that I picked up on. There's a, there's a few others. I mentioned this idea of leadership and self-deception. Um, then there's, we, you know, I've quoted Jim Collins a few times. So Derek, what makes a good leader? <clears throat> well, Reed, if I think if we go back to, uh, you know, the seven habits of highly effective people, the, the point Covey was trying to make was um, there's lots of things you can do. Um, lots of ways you can act to get what you want. And that's um, sort of embodied in what he calls the personality ethic. But he said to really be a good leader, you have to be a person of high character. You have to be a good person. And I think one of the things that we don't like about that is it's easier to learn um, techniques and do stuff to people than it is to work on ourselves and become a better person. Is that unique to him that we... That, that this emphasis on being a good person, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of leeway there, a lot of questionable, uh, not questionable, but debatable aspects to what makes a good person. Oh, oh for sure. Now, what Covey um, did in the research that ended up uh, being captured in Seven Habits was he looked at 200 years of success literature and his, his observation was for the first 150 years, it was almost all about being a person of high character and being a good person. And then in the last 50 years, which is now the last 80 years, yes, um, it's, it was more about the stuff that you do, the techniques, the perhaps even manipulation. You know, one thing I would say that, that really kind of distorted the, um, this idea of being leaders as a good person is the emphasis on 
um, stock market returns and shareholder value and things like that. So, you know, our world right now, if you're an effective CEO, you make a lot of people a lot of money and they're willing to kind of look the other way in terms of your character. And we also have seen that in politics as well. Yes. Um, one of the things I really like about the character ethic is it's something that you don't have to have a position to work on. And if you, as Covey says, work on yourself in the things you can control in your circle of concern or circle of control, maybe, um, then you can have a lot of influence. You can, so, you can create opportunities for other people to grow because of who you are. And I think that's maybe a good way to describe really good leadership. So no matter where you are, uh, no matter in what position you play, if you concentrate on yourself, you will, and become a better person, leadership will naturally come to you. Is that the, is that a uh, conclusion I can draw? Yeah. Well, you, um, yes, yes, I think that's right. Um, I think I've mentioned the Roy group before Ian Chisholm, um, leads that. And I took some, a number of courses and some coaching from him and his group. And one of the things they say is that, um, a leader, and that's like anyone in a relationship, I guess, uh, creates an atmosphere for other people and the, the people then respond to that atmosphere. I see. So, so you can create an atmosphere of, you know, growth and progress and cooperation or fear or, um, you know, whatever. And people have a choice, but it does influence how they, how they show up and how they react. And you don't have to be the boss um, in the room to have an influence. So um, in that way, we're all leaders. And that, I think, supports this idea that real true leadership comes from who we are and not just sort of what we do or what techniques we try. That's so interesting. I also think that, well, I, I, I'd like to get your take on it. I, I think there are leaders who are bad people uh, who have been effective in, in manipulating or, uh, I don't know, manipulation may not be the proper term, but I don't think there are some people who are not as admirable as per, in person as they may be in, uh, in, in their leadership skills or something. I think of Bernie Madoff, who stole $65 billion, embezzled them from his, from his clients that he was investing for, and, uh, and blithely lost it all. Uh, that, uh, to me, he must have been an incredibly influential person to, first of all, get that kind of money or trust in investments, and then... Uh, perfidious in his personal life because he stole it. So, so, so Reed, that's a really good example of, um, yeah, kind of the difference between what the world might define as success or effectiveness and what we're trying to get at with the essential dynamics. So um, the essential dynamics, you know, we've got this idea of a quest and a purpose. And in my mind, the only use of these principles is a noble purpose. I see. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, we, we talk about purpose X and purpose Y. It might be short-term, long-term, but it's, it's all about how it impacts the people. And so the, a noble purpose is one that makes people's lives better. And there's, you see a lot of that in, uh, you know, 
businesses. I actually did a bit of a review of company mission statements when I was working on this. And every one of them said something about making some group of people's lives better, whether it was customers or shareholders. Um, so yeah, I think you can use, you know, true principles of effectiveness in, you know, bad, evil, and devious ways. I'm just not interested in uh, encouraging, <laughs> encouraging anyone to do that. And so one nice thing about the concept of a character ethic is that it's based on some, uh, some sense of becoming a better person. Um, there's uh, a couple of other concepts of leadership that are consistent with that. One of them is the idea of servant leadership. Um, this is a guy named uh, Robert Greenleaf who, who's, you know, kind of captured that concept, although he would didn't, I'm sure he didn't invent it. It, it goes back at least to the New Testament. Um, but the idea is that I want to serve, I want to help other people. Um, so I'm going to try and do that however I can. And that may result in taking a leadership position. And so you, you start by serving and supporting the people that you work with and the, the object of your organization. Um, so not the boss of everything, but uh, the, the servant leader is the one that, that wants to help other people all the people, you know, sort of do better. Um, and then um, another book that I really like is The Fifth Discipline by Peter Senge. And his concept about learning organization is the, the leader is the designer of the learning organization. It creates the experience for the people so they can learn and they can be better. Mm -hmm. So all of those things I think are, are consistent. And with respect to essential dynamics, if, if we have a, a purpose that's uh, that's going to enhance people's lives, then the leader helps people find or discover the purpose, get aligned with the purpose, and then build systems that actually um, respect the individual and the individual contribution um, and connect the individuals with the group. Um, so I think those are all things where the leader as a good person, the leader as a good example, um, that's, that's a requirement. It only works that way. And any, any accomplishment we make where the, the leader is uh, manipulative, manipulative or asking people to do something and live to a standard that they wouldn't live um, is uh, ultimately that's not, in my mind, that's not leadership even regardless of its effect or immediate response. We've seen in politics, some, some, uh, uh, some political leaders espousing uh, nefarious terms and, uh, and getting a response, an immediate response, maybe not a long-term response. Yeah, and, and long-term, you know, ultimately, if you think about it, and this is, a, this is an exercise that Covey does, um, if we're going back to that is um, imagine your own funeral. I do every day. <laughs> and what people are saying about you. And uh, you know, it's, well, I made a, I made a lot of money off that guy, but he was a crook is, yeah. you know, not something you necessarily want to have spoken at your funeral. Yeah. Well, I know uh, that if, if there, if there isn't a lot of laughter at my funeral, I'm just not going. 
So uh, that's the way I feel. Well, I have several more questions, which we'll have to explore as we move on, because uh, today I think I've got more than enough information in my head, especially about uh, better character and its influence on leadership. I really appreciate everything you're saying. What? Yeah, Reed, if I could just kind of cap it off then. So when we think about leadership as creating opportunities for other people to grow, um, then, you know, we can't get off the hook. We can't say, well, I'm not the boss. Um, and we can't shortcut it. Like sure. it, that kind of concept puts responsibility on each of us to say, how can I contribute to the situation? to, you know, advance our purposes and respect the people around me. So that's a wonderful way to live. It's just hard. Yeah. I appreciate you saying both things. Once it's a wonderful way to live and yeah, and it's also hard. Uh, I completely admire and respect uh, you, by the way, for that kind of uh, choice. I, of course, have chosen the other way, which is uh, evil and, and nefarious, but uh, I'm delighted to hear how the other side lives. Well, that's another episode of Essential Dynamic. Derek, where can people find you? Um, well, they can find me at derekhudson.ca uh, all over the internet, and I'd be happy to hear what uh, people think about what we're doing. I'd like to hear it as well. And uh, I'm Reed McCollum. And for myself and Derek and our engineer, Bryn Griffiths, I'd like to say, consider your quest. Mm-hmm.